Welcome to the Essential Films Podcast. The following bonus features episode was recorded in August of 2019 when we recorded our graduate episode. Please enjoy. I'm told that you need a little help, a little guidance uh, with, with, with a few things. I do. Um, so before we get into the graduate and before we get into, I do want to talk a little bit about um, my attendance at the creep show screening at Alamo last week um, because that was, that was a fun experience. I do need your help with something. So for those listeners who are not in the know right now, last year on Labor Day Sunday, what I decided to do was I basically spent the entire day from sunrise to sunset and dusk at Alamo Draft House. Now, there was a few reasons for that. Last year, I pretty much worked around the clock. I was getting like 60, 70 hour work weeks during the month of August. So I really didn't get to see anything um, as it first came out during its opening weekends. So I use that Sunday because pretty much that Sunday is the end of our busy season over at work. So in celebration of that, I kind of went to Alamo and I just spent the entire day there just catching up on stuff. I don't know. I think we talked about it on this show, but last year I saw Mission Impossible. I saw Sorry to Bother You. I saw Crazy Rich Asians and I saw Eighth Grade all in the same day. That was that Sunday That's last quite year. quite a mix of films right there. Yes, it is. Um, so this year, it's a little bit different because what's happening this year is that at least um, three of the films in contention for me to be to be viewed by me on Sunday, I've already seen. Uh, there's three that are on here that I haven't seen. Um, so I want to maybe prioritize those, but uh, I might need a little help with the other three because with the way it stands right now, I have time to see five films on Sunday. Five okay. films. So all I need, all I have confirmed right now, I should say, is that the Midsummer Director's Cut will be closing out the day. That's at nine forty-five at night. You're and def- it's, you're definitely uh, gonna do that. I'm definitely doing that because only one showing, and it's at 9.45 p.m., two hours and 50 minutes plus trailers. Two hours and 50 minutes, wow. So, I mean, now we talked about this over on Force Perspective. You did see the, you know, regular cut, and you highly recommend it. I highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of Hereditary, and I know how much you like, you know, crazy films, Adolfo. I mean, I I can't say the word we use here because I know you want to keep it PG, but if you like crazy Midsummer's crazy, so um, those looking for something like that are going to be very, very uh, happy, I would say. Gotcha. All right. Mm. I'm just taking a sip of water here. So Midsummer, the director's cut, is definitely closing out the day. Now, what comes before it can be changed. So the three films that that I haven't seen that I would prefer to keep here, if possible, are... Britney Runs a Marathon, which I've heard great things about. That's this weekend. Good Boys, which I've heard great things about as well. And The Nightingale, which for those who don't know, The Nightingale is the newest film from the director of The Babadook. I've heard heard very good things about that. Yes. So those are the three that that I haven't seen at all that I really want to maybe keep on the list if I could. So now Now, recap. Do do those again. The Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And what are the other two? Good Boys, Good Boys. and Brittany and Brittany Runs a Marathon. Now, Brittany Runs a Marathon, I don't know if I have much information on. 
Well, it's, it was a big hit at Sundance, I understand. It just got okay. picked up. I, I forgot what studio is releasing it, but um, very, very big on the indie circuit this year. So gotcha. um, I think right now it's sitting at like 89% Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Now, the three that I have seen, the first is Spider-Man Far From Home, the extended cut. Okay. That's number one. Number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 70 millimeter again. So it'd be the second time I see that in 70 millimeter, but the third time overall, as we discussed on Force Perspective last time. Okay. And the third, they're showing it once on Sunday. It's a 12.30 p.m. showing. Vertigo. Our friend Vertigo. Mm. Now, it can only be one set of three or the other set of three? Yes. So, so you can't mix and match. So I mean, I can I can mix and match, but like something has to be cut though. So as far as like what's confirmed is just midsummer, but okay. we can mix and match around everything else. Okay. How many movies total can you see? I can squeeze in five right now, including the way it's set up, including midsummer. So that gives you four left. Yes. Okay, first of all, you can kill Spider-Man. You don't have to do that. I was going to say. I... <laughs> if, if for no other reason. I'm still mad at Sony anyway. If, so. if for no other reason well, to send a message to, to Sony to like let's. Uh, we, I think we, that's a better discussion for Force Perspective, the, the whole Sony Disney thing. Uh, but it, let's send a message to Sony and not see Spider-Man. And maybe we can get some, some traction on, on that whole debacle. So Spider Man has been crossed off. So Sorry, it's either it's either going to be because it can't be uh, can't be both because I feel like the new releases that I haven't seen should take priority because they're new releases and they're all very well reviewed new releases I must say. Um, so it's either going to be Hitchcock or Tarantino that I see. Hmm. Now, I mean, we did a whole show on Vertigo already. Um, very good show, by the way. So it, it's it's a it's a great film. You know, so film good. I, very close to my heart that movie. But then so does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, <laughs> you know, I've seen Vertigo on the show. big screen, and it is really it is really nice to see on the big screen. My gut tells me to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say go Vertigo. Mm. Because you've seen, I had a feeling you'd leave in that direction. Hollywood twice recently. Yes, yes. And you don't get that many opportunities to see Vertigo on a big screen. Correct. That is that's where I sit. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling you'd go that route. Um, I could squeeze in both, but I have to cut out the Nightingale, and I kind of don't want to do that, <laughs> you know. So. Um, I think that's where it's going to sit. So I think what I'm going to do is because I had like three different options for scheduling because I have to like go around like the show times and kind of juggle that and and juggle the order except for midsummer. So I'm going to go with option two then because I had three options and I went, I'm going to go with option two. So it's going to be Nightingale first at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then it's Vertigo at 1230. Then it's Good Boys at 340. Then Brittany runs a marathon at seven, and then Midsummer at nine forty-five. So I think we found it. Okay, so say that again. So let me let me visualize it here. First movie of the day, Nightingale. Nightingale, and that's at what time? At at ten o'clock in the morning. Okay. Yes. 
interesting because I I've heard many things about that movie, and one of the one of the things I hear is that it is a very heavy revenge film. So mm-hmm. having it start your day is kind of amusing to me. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right about that. Um, then it would come Vertigo at twelve thirty. Okay. Then it's Good Boys at 3.40. Okay. Then it's Britney Runs a Marathon at 7. Okay. And then Midsummer at 9.45. I, I think that's a, good, that's a good lineup. I think that works. Alternatively, though, what I could also do is I could juggle Britney and Nightingale. So I can do Britney first at 9.45 in the morning. Mm. Then Vertigo. Then Nightingale. Then Good Boys, and then Midsummer. Oh, I think maybe you should do that. Because Good Boys is a comedy, and you might need a comedy after you watch The Nightingale. That's right. You're absolutely right about that. I think that's what you should do. And I, and I think it works out, option one uh, works out better, because this is option one, the one I just said to you. Option one might work out better, because with option two, between Good Boys and Britney there's like a two hour gap that I have to do nothing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I hate like long gaps like that. At least with option one, everything kind of starts relatively close to each other. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a good plan right there. So, okay. So we're going to do this. It's going to be Brittany first then at nine forty five, then vertigo at 1230, then nightingale at three fifty five, then good boys at six twenty five, and then midsummer at nine forty five. Yeah, my my biggest gap here is going to be between Good Boys and Night and Midsummer because Good Boys is only ninety minutes. That's going to end around eight o'clock, including the trailers. So I have about an hour. Well, I mean, if an hour fifteen really, because I want to be there for the Midsummer pre-show. So I have about an hour, hour fifteen to kind of just like sit around, basically. I'll probably go to the bar at that point. I might need a stiff drink before Midsummer. Going through that again. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i think, right. I think, I think that works it. i think you got it i think we got it because yeah, you're right nightingale to start the day might be a bit of a downer already so all right we got it put it in the books i i, right. I do uh, appreciate your help on that i feel like we've accomplished something here i i, I feel that too <laughs> um so tell me about uh your recent alamo adventure there so, um, what did I? So, I did a couple of screenings. Um, since we last talked, I did do the. Um, what did I? What did I see? Oh, I saw Ready or Not. That's one of the newer releases. I really wanted to see that. It's a good film. It's not a masterpiece, though. It's a really fun movie. Um, I kind of, I love the, um, I just kind of love the whole situational aspect of it. I like the acting. Um, I think, what's the actress's name? Samara or Samantha Weaver, I think is her name is. Um, or as I call her now, not Margot Robbie, because she's like her doppelganger, basically, if you look at her from a certain angle, okay. which is, I think, is amusing to me. Um, but she's good in this. Um, Andy McDowell, who I haven't seen in, in, a, in anything Andy like McDowell. recently. Wow. She's in this too. She's pretty good. Um, it's a fun movie though. Like it's, it's you'll go, you'll have a good time. Right now, it's in my top ten of the year, but it's probably not going to stay there after everything else comes out. But I mean, it's it's good enough that it's there now, but it probably won't last there. But it, but that kind of tells you everything you need to know about it. Like it's a good film, you know, for the moment. You'll go, you have a great time. It's wacky, but 
and might not like he'll probably get honorable mention at the end of the year, but not not, not much else after that. Yeah, and now is there like a um so basically from what I understand of the trailer, it's this guy's getting married and he like brings his wife or fiance to meet his family, right? And it turns out like there's a special thing that they do where they basically have to go on a uh, hunt like a, a most dangerous game style hunt, and if they survive, like they win the approval of the family, right? That's basically the trailer. For the mo- uh, give or take, yes, you are correct. Now I'm assuming there's some twist involved here. There's a predictable twist. Okay, I'll leave it there. I I I've, I I I don't want to know anything else about it. But I, every time I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks this looks fun. So um, it is. I, it is a fun movie. It's definitely a fun movie. And what what made it more amusing for me was that I went into this absolutely 100% cold turkey. No trailer, no synopsis, no Rotten Tomatoes rating. I just, I've heard pe- people were talking about this movie, so I just went to see it. Like, I had, saw no trailer. I knew nobody that was in it. I, like, I knew literally nothing going in. How, how is the, um, what is the Rotten Tomatoes like for it? Right now it's at 89. Oh, okay, not bad. Yeah, that's one I want to check out at some point. Oh, definitely. Def- I would definitely check it out. Um, and then right after that, because I, I did a double bill that day, I did um, the Goonies movie party. All right. So that was fun. Oh, man, the Goonies. And, and do you want – let me talk about very briefly about my ignorance to 80s pop culture. It's going to be a little embarrassing to admit. But I'm in the company of friends, I feel like, so it is what it is, right? So I'm sitting there. During the pre-show for the Goonies, and all of a sudden, I see Cindy Lauper pop up. Right? Oh! Now don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't. No. Wait. 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 Let <laughs> Let me finish. I oh, see Cindy Lauper pop up. I'm right? so excited for this. All right, go ahead. I know you're excited. I know you're about you're about to pop out of your chair right now. So I see Cindy Lauper pop up. Right? Then Captain Lou walks in. Right? I'm like, okay. I guess we're getting girls just want to have fun or something. I guess it's an 80s song. That makes sense, right? This is my thought process at this moment. Then I see Roddy Piper. I see the Iron Sheik. I see Nikolai Volkov. I see the fabulous Moolah. I see Freddie Blassie. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, what what am I watching right now? And then I hear, and, and, and again, I apologize for my ignorance of 80s pop culture. I did not know this song. I had never heard this song. <laughs> because, but for those who don't know, I'm not, I wasn't a big Goonies person until I, I went to the screening. Like, I have the Blu-ray because it was like, oh, you need to have that Blu-ray. So it's sitting on my shelf. But I, I've watched it like once in my entire life, right? So this is really my – it was almost like – it wasn't my first time seeing it, but it was like the first time seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew nothing about – this song that she did, I knew nothing about the music video that she did for it, and I had no idea that at the very end of this, I was going to see our boy Andre the Giant pop up and scare off Roddy Piper, to the point where apparently, and this is true from what I understand, there's there's a point at the end of that music video where Roddy Piper tries to get into a car, and it's an actual car that was driving by. It wasn't like part of the the video. He tried to get into somebody's car to escape Andre the Giant. <laughs> The car like sped off completely, bro. That's that is hilarious, by the way. If that story is absolutely is true, is that that little urban legend or whatever, that's pretty uh, pretty hysterical. But yes, I mean, that I did not sounds know that. like something Roddy would do. Yes, 
But uh, yes, I apologize that I did not know that Goonies Are Good Enough was a Cindy Lauper song, A, and that B, the music video featured WWF guys. Because I'm watching that and I'm sitting there like a five year old in just total shock. Like, holy crap, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> so, yes, there you go. That's my big, uh, my big confession there. Dude. Oh, my God. So, the Goonies are good enough. But here's the thing it's not just WWF superstars, right? It, the whole video brings back the cast of the movie, like mm-hmm. to do little vignettes in the, in the video. Right. And. Steven Spielberg pops up for no reason. Our boy, Senor Spielbergo, that's right. Because <laughs> he produced the movie. But still, it's like, this is the most 80s video that has ever been made. Like, it is amazing. I love that video. Um, I can't believe you've never seen it. And Wendy Richter's in that too, right? She's. Um, I believe she is, yeah. She's in that too. But the thing is, all the all this Cindy Lauper videos from around that time... Uh, had a, a wrestling connection. So Girls Just Want to Have Fun had Captain Lou. And <laughs> Time After Time had Captain Lou as well. And right. obviously Good Is Your Good Enough. I'm not sure if there's another one. But those, definitely those three. Um, so, yeah, that, that Goonies Are Good Enough video has like everyone in it. And it's amazing. Yeah, I, I love she's like if, So two instances where like uh, Spielberg is referenced. It's the first, obviously, in the cliffhanger at the end of part one of that video where she goes like, like, see, Steven or something like, can you help me? And then he turns to like to the camera and goes, no, I really can't or some something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is wacky in and of itself. And then the second time is when Andre's about to chase Piper into the street and Piper goes, he breaks character like only Roddy Piper could. And he goes like, Donner, Spielberg, this is not how the video was supposed to end or something like that, right? Which is, again, that's just wacky Roddy Piper. So, um, so yeah, so that's uh, very eye-opening for me, I got to say. Wow, I can't believe you didn't know that. Mm-mm. That's amazing. I'm a little uh, embarrassed to admit that, but, I mean, now that I know it, it's just like I just, like my head is just exploded, you know, so like the thing, holy you know crap. Is that I didn't become a wrestling fan until, like, 1989, 1990. Right. However, I watched the Goonies over and over and over again when I was a little kid. And I didn't know those were wrestlers. I just thought they were crazy characters. Right? Right. It wasn't until after I started watching wrestling that I was like, oh, I know those guys. Right? And I thought Andre was just a guy from Princess Bride. Right? So, right. like, um, yeah, it was pretty uh, – I love that video. I watched that video over and over again. And I watched, just like I watched the movie over and over again. So uh, I can't believe you didn't know about that. I popped as soon as you started talking about it. I know you did. I could tell. <laughs> it just so it popped me seeing it popped me seeing freaking uh, Iron Sheik cutting a promo right in the middle of the right in the middle of the video, and then uh, at the end seeing uh, all these guys take bumps for Andre at the end, like Iron Sheik and Blassie and Nikolai, they all took bumps for him. (laughs) Of course, because it's Andre, but still, like, just seeing wrestlers take bumps in a music video was wacky. So, yeah, that was was pretty awesome. Now, you have, this was, you had seen Goonies before, right? I had, like I said, I've seen it before, like, once or twice, but it was such a long time ago that, it was like seeing it for the first time again, this screening here. So on this screening, can I ask you the question, were the good Goonies indeed good enough? Oh, I, th- I think so. 
I mean, Sloth was definitely good enough. Um, <laughs> I think that actor passed away, actually. Oh, really? Sloth. Oh. Yeah. Um, then the... <laughs> I love that in that movie you have... Um, uh, you have not only Samwise Gamgee, but you also have Thanos. Thanos, bro! That, <laughs> that was so trippy seeing that. Like, like Sean Astin, uh, Josh Brolin, freaking... Um, there's a couple other people that Corey are Feldman like famous now. There. Corey Fe- Corey Feldman, uh, Joey Pants, bro, was Joey in there. Joey Pants was in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, just like, what a fun movie that is! Like, I really got to sit there and appreciate it for what it was, and it's such a fun. It's just a, like a, a, a charming film, very charming, very heartwarming. Um, I'm glad I have the Blu-ray because what the, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, this version. The one I have is actually a three-pack. It has Gremlins, Gremlins 2, and Goonies. I have that one, a yeah. triple feature. I do have that one. That's all you want. Yeah, that's the one I have, too. Yeah. The uh, I think they just released a steelbook for for the anniversary. The tw- it's 25 years, I think, for that movie this year, right? Uh, For Goonies? Yeah. Goonies Wasn't it 85? It's 85, so... It'll be, it'll be 35th. It was yeah. not 20. 35th, yeah. Still, no, that's... uh it's 2019, yeah. so it would only be 34. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So the next year, is, it's yeah, um, next year, yeah, yeah. 35th. Damn. 35 years. Yeah, I feel old. Yeah, Chunks is a lawyer now. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I discovered that recently. Um, so, yeah, so that was fun. They gave out – they had um, baby roots that they gave out. They had uh, pirate patches. They had uh, a pearl necklace like uh, Mama Fratelli wore. Um and what was oh they had the scratch and sniff thing so it's basically the, like the scratch along so at certain points of the movie you're supposed to scratch like the corresponding image and you'll it's like a scratch and sniff uh-huh. so i think um it was like uh do i have it with me here i don't think i have it on me but um i know one of them was sweat so like in the scene where sloth hugs chunks you're supposed to scratch the sweat thing and then yeah it's pretty disgusting but uh, now <laughs> now what i want to know is did you do the truffle truffle? They they wanted us to, but of course I did not. Like that's not me. <laughs> I don't think anybody did, bro. That's just like it's too it's too um attention drawing, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So <laughs> I don't think anybody did that. They're no fun. And we all to- we all did a toast before the movie though. So they um um the Goonies never say die quote. Of we all said that. Yeah. So Goonies don't say die. <laughs> But yeah, but that was that was a fun night. I got to see two movies. One of them was a classic. Um, definitely a definitely a fun time over there. But I went back just a couple of days later, and I did another double feature, a very wacky double feature, if I must say so. So first one up was Apocalypse Now: The Final Cut, the one that debuted at Tribeca Film Festival this year. Um, I believe Coppola, when he says this is the final cut, it's basically what basically is it's a mishmash of the original and the Redux version. Um, so it's shorter than Redux, but it's longer than the original cut. Um, it was fine. I mean, I can't really say much about it. I think I, the, the thing I tried to pay attention to watching it this time was the pacing. Like, does it drag or is it like just right as far as like, because I think the, the original is just right. The Redux, while it adds a lot of cool things, it does tend to drag because it is a little much. This one felt okay because what they the most important thing they kept from the Redux is this the plantation scene when they go visit like the French 
the holdover from like the French time yeah. in Vietnam. Um, that's an interesting scene in and of itself. And plus, Coppola's sons are in that, so I <laughs> I figured you want to keep that one in. But that was one of my favorite scenes from the Redux version, so I'm really glad he kept that in. That's the most like noticeable thing that was still there from the Redux. Um, I haven't really watched those two versions enough to know what was still there and what wasn't other than that scene. So I can't really say for sure right now. I'm sure somebody like maybe did a whole comparison, you know, online if you just look for it. But um, that's the most um, glaring thing that I noticed that was still kept in there. Like, I think there was a, there was this, the scenes, the extra scenes with Kurtz, with Marlon Brando were cut. I, I don't remember seeing those in there again. Um, but uh, I thought it flowed nicely, especially with that scene left there, the plantation scene. I thought it flowed nicely again because I think what I liked about what I like about that scene, most of all, is the fact that it kind of draws, you know, comparison to French Indochina and what's going on in Vietnam at the time. You know, the French like, you know, the French did learn their lessons like you Americans are so arrogant. You don't know that, you know, when it's time to leave, when it's time to just give it up. And he was right, you know, <laughs> so um, the fact that it's just so self-aware in that aspect you know, like the French know what's going to happen if the Americans stay and it's and it and it does happen. But, you know, it's like Willard kind of agrees with them. But at, at the same time, the powers that be don't see it that way. But then again, his story is not really about the overall war. It's about him carrying out this mission. So it kind of just kind of brings everything more to like back down to a historical historical piece. And I'm big on like. For those who don't know, I think I've said it before, Vietnam War is my favorite war to study just because of all the different aspects, the whole the different like things that go into it. My uh, senior thesis in college, my film thesis was about the Vietnam War and Vietnam War in film. So it's a, st- a subject that I have countless books on that I love to read about, that I love to research just because of the war itself and the film that came out of that. So Apocalypse Now is one of my favorites in that regard. So seeing this final cut i don't know if i'd say it's better than the original but i'd probably put it side to side just because it did leave some important things that i felt were important to the story and to like character development and to kind of background but some people might still prefer the original some people might still prefer the uh, the redux so here's what i want to know did they keep the scene uh where he's on the river and then he passes uh, Charlie Sheen, and they both say, "I loved you in Wall Street." <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately. Oh, that am is I not thinking true. of Hot Shots Part Two? Never mind. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were talking about. Too. <laughs> but yeah, but um, that cut just came out this week on on 4K Blu-ray. Um, so anybody who's interested in seeing it, you can pick it up now at Amazon or your local. Uh, Best Buy, Target, you know, whatever. I'm sure they'll have it. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. You know, it's like it. it the Apocalypse Now is kind of like Blade Runner in that, like, there's so many freaking versions of it. Let's just let's just let it be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's no more versions. Let's just have one version and be done with it. Well, I mean, this is just there's only three versions of this movie. Blade Runner has like ten cuts. I know. <laughs> That's what it feels. I know. Like. I'm just saying it's getting it's getting ridiculous now. Well, I mean, this is the quote-unquote final cut, so let's sure. see if he stays true to his word on and, that. Until Coppola needs another, you know, another payday. Another payday, bro. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> I don't know. 
that 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 might be the case, or maybe he'll just recut Godfather. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's done that too. He did the the um <laughs> the combined Godfather one and two. What is it did. called? Yeah. The complete saga or the yeah? Uh, what is it called? It's I think it's called the Godfather. I think it's called the Godfather saga or the complete saga. Yes, or something the, like that. The, the Godfather where, saga, where it, it basically takes Godfather two and Godfather one and recuts and it into chronological order. Which yep. is interesting to watch. And then it adds in like some deleted scenes and stuff. Like the only two deleted scenes I remember they add in are um, there's a scene where like uh, the the funeral, the the Undertaker like is get, gets called by, you know, Vito in the middle of the night. And yes, he, I like, remember that scene. He's okay. having a discussion and, and he, with like, his complains. wife. Yeah. And he's like complaining, why did I get into this? And then the other scene I remember them adding, I think it's from... Um, Oh, I know it's from Godfather 2, and it's uh, uh, it's basically Michael tying, tying up loose ends from the first movie, and he, like, gets puts a hit on one of those Italian bodyguards that, like, sold him out in the first movie, uh, who had, like, come to America and, like, set up, like, a right. pizza shop or something, and, like, he gets him killed, like, he kills him because, you know, he got his wife killed. So, like, I remember those two edit scenes. But other than that, like, it's an interesting way to watch the movie, but I, I think the best way still to watch the as as it originally intended. Oh, definitely. But I love how they call it the Godfather saga, and they don't, and leave, yeah, excuse me, and they leave out three. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> three, you know. I, I don't hate three as much as everyone else does. It, it's it's not great, <laughs> um, but it, it it's it has it, there are things to like in three right, but overall it's just such a it's it's a big disappointment. Oh yeah, most definitely. Oh, who knows? Maybe he'll recut uh, New York Stories to get an extra payday. There you go. <laughs> or uh, or who knows? Uh, Rumblefish. Ooh, Rumblefish. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so I got Poor to check Jack. out Apocalypse now. Love that movie, <laughs> love it to death. Um, or Jack, right? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna mention Jack actually too. Um, but yeah, I love Apocalypse Now to death. Um, it's part of my thesis. I might actually put my thesis up like on the uh, one day. Like I'll, I'll publish it to see if um, you know people want to check that out. It's just about the Vietnam War and in film. Um, very uh, subject, very near and dear to my heart. With all the time I spend like reading books on it and studying it. So um, I would like, you know, people's take on it. I mean, it did get an A, not to toot my own horn. It did get an A. But uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a subject I'm very fond of. Um, but moving on from that, the second film of the night was Creepshow. I finally got to see Creepshow on the big screen. Um, and as I mentioned, I think on the last four perspective, Creepshow is one of those movies that um, I've, seen bit, I've seen segments, bits and pieces of. But I've never seen the complete creep show in one sitting. So I finally got to do that here. And it was freaking awesome. Oh, I love man. that movie. I, I understand the love of, that this movie has now because it's uh, it's wacky. It's fun. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is. And it just has fun with it. Um, but, yeah, they're creeping up on you. Ugh, I still I still get shippers from that that last segment. Oh, with uh, the last segment with E.G. Uh, Marshall? Yes, yeah, that that's an upsetting story that that I think is the scariest one because it freaks you out like the other ones are fun is are kind of fun 
but that one that one messes you up. Um, and uh, uh, listen, a pre-cheers Ted Danson versus a heel Leslie Nielsen, bro. I never thought I'd ever see that. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, a heel Leslie Nielsen, heel Leslie Nielsen, bro. <laughs> like not even funny heel. He's just a heel. Like, talk about acting against type. Yeah. Um, and then what else? What else was? What are the other stories in there? There's the um, the one with the dude getting covered in grass. That's Stephen King, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The lonesome death of Jordy Vero. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and he's watching wrestling in that. Yeah, right? he is. Yes, he is. Watching um, Backlund against like Afa or one of the one of the Samoans, Samoan number two or whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, that's because Stephen King's a wrestling mark, though. Of course he is. Yeah, because you, you watch some Stephen King movies. Every now and then, you'll see like some wrestling on in the background. You're like, what's that about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, so you, did you like it overall? I did. Lo- I loved it, dude. Yeah, that that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid, um, and then I came to appreciate it later as an adult. Um, but it's it's very it's so wacky and goofy. You'd think like you wouldn't think it would be that scary, but like um, when I was a little kid, it messed me up. Uh, like the, 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 the cockroaches thing, the being buried alive, like not, they're not being buried alive, being buried in the sand up to your neck. Like that freaked me out. Like the turning into like grass that freaked me out. What was your favorite story? Uh, favorite story. That's, that's an excellent question. It's excellent question because they're all so good. Um, but I think the one that that popped me the, the most was probably the crate. Ah, the crate. The crate's a good, a good, nice little horror. I mean, they're all horror, but like this one was like, like, you know, howling type of horror. You know, it reminded me of that. So I got a, I got a kick out of it. And seeing uh, seeing the wife, uh, a- uh Adrian Barbeau was was the actress, I think, right? Who mm-hmm. played her? She got what she, she got what she deserved. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Creepshow is definitely a really fun, uh, really fun horror movie. I think I'm gonna put it in my watch list to watch around Halloween this year because that's a that's a really fun movie. Well, I'm happy to say now that I have the deluxe Creepshow from Scream Factory and Arrow's Creepshow two sitting side by side now. So nice. It's weird that uh, that that Scream Factory got one and Arrow got the other. Like you'd think they, whoever got one would have gone for both. You know? Yeah. But then again, remember, Scream Factory got the nineteen nine. It was in nineteen ninety. The Blob remake from like the nineties or the eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. The eighty eight. But then Criterion got the original Blob. Yeah, that's also weird. Yeah. Speaking but of yeah, uh, but um, because you'd think they they'd like put the um, the Blob eighty eight as like a special feature or something or like an extra for um. The criterion for the criterion, like they did with the uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters for the Godzilla Criterion. Yes. Um, that, but speaking of, I, I since we last talked, they, that uh, mega the Criterion yes. fine number one thousand was announced, and it's all the Toho era Godzilla movies. Uh, it's like fifteen movies, I think. Uh, for like 200 bucks, I of course did pre order it and I'm getting that bad boy in the mail day of. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Our boy Denon fainted like twice when I told him about that. He's such a huge Godzilla mark. So when I, when I showed him this, 
he I don't want to say literally. He fainted twice, dude. He fainted twice at how like amazing this it's is. It's comprehensive, but, dude. Yes, it is. It's amazing. And and just coming off the heels of that, you know, this week Godzilla King of the Monsters came out on Blu-ray. I am picking it up tomorrow, the steelbook from Best Buy. Um because that's such a fun movie, and it's a nice little compliment to the first, you know, of this, you know, this generation Godzilla. Um, and I also picked up uh, recently the Mothra, the original Mothra on oh. Steelbook. It was like ten bucks, so I have that to go along with my uh, Criterion of the original Godzilla. So um, I'm excited for this set, man. Yeah, I haven't I'm seen all of excited. these. Neither have I. So, I've only seen the I've seen the first yeah. one and like a handful of the other ones, but um, I'm excited to kind of pour through all these. Yeah, um, I'm like I, I can't wait for it. it. I'm as excited for this as I was for the Bergman set that came out last year. So that was that was that Bergman like. set. Um, I, sh- I I like I just never got around to it. So, but uh, that's I I have it. That set is huge, dude. So make room if you plan to get it. Is it like physically big? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like physically big. Uh, I wonder. I wonder how like the box set for um the Godzilla thing is gonna be. Cause, I wonder, it might be the same size. I'm, hmm. I'm, because it has about the same amount of films in it, like number wise. So it'll probably be like the same size wise, the same thing. All right, that's gonna mess up my my shelving, but oh well. But I'm do glad they have to bite on the shelf. That's true. I'm glad they actually did like do something huge for spy number one thousand because like I was wondering like are they gonna actually like because there have been like times if you go if you look at their like when they land on a hundred, some like, it's not always like a big deal. It's just like, well, this is just the next movie we're doing. Right. But yeah. like, I, I, so I wondered is spine 1000 just going to be just another movie or is it going to be something really special? But like, yeah, they want something really special with this one. So I'm glad. Same. And I, and it, it's funny because now all those films are considered 1000, right? Is it going to be like 1001, 1002 or is that yeah, how that's my understanding. That's my understanding. Yeah, I think the whole set will be one thousand, and then like every and it's just that whole set is just cont- everything in there is contained within it. Um, I mean, the Godzilla already has a release, um, a, like a regular release, so right. that pro- you know will probably con- uh, keep its number. But I don't think the other ones are going to get like one thousand one, one thousand two, so on. Because when they do sets like that, for example, the Bergman set, and then. My very first Criterion set that I ever bought. I think this is actually the first anything of Criterion that I ever bought, which is the America Lost and Found, the BBS story set. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are all individually numbered. So it's just a set. It's a box set, but like Easy Riders numbered. Um, uh, King of Marvin Gardens is numbered. Five Easy Pieces is numbered. So it's not like it's all one number, right? Yeah, and they did um, eventually like release the other ones like separately, as, separately yeah. too. So. I don't think they're going to, like, release, like, King Kong versus Godzilla separately, for example. Yeah. 